Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. You've reached the voices of the Cannabis Wars news right from the front lines. Um, open mic is the subject today, um, and we are trying to bring you the news of what is going on with our prisoners in prison. Um, this show is brought to you strictly by volunteers. We do not get paid to do this show. In fact, we are looking for sponsors. If you're interested in sponsoring the Voices of the Cannabis War, please let us know. We need about 40 bucks a month to continue the show every month. Right now we're paying, paying for it out of our own pocket. So if you would like, you or your organization would like to sponsor us, we will be able to um, give you guys shout-outs and advertise your, your company for you. So think about that as we continue on with our show. Um, today is going to be an open mic um, with the focus on current news. Because our first guest, her name is Amy Pova, and Amy Pova was in prison for, I believe, nine years, and she was granted clemency by President Clinton. Since then, she has been fighting to get other prisoners out through clemency, and her organization is called, she, she started her own nonprofit organization called Can Do Clemency, where she helps people, and she puts, you know, she wants to help everybody, but she puts a focus on women prisoners and cannabis prisoners. And just recently, President Obama has been granting so many people clemency. In fact, we've had some of those people on our radio show um, to talk about being free and to talk about getting their, their clemency granted to them. Um, and just recently, President Obama granted another 102 people clemency. And we're going to talk to Amy just a little bit about that, a little bit about her organization and maybe some of the prisoners, just whatever's on her mind is open mic. Um, and then after that, we have Craig Cecil, who's serving his 15th year of a life sentence in prison for cannabis. And Craig, last week, did not make it to the show. In fact, we were very, very worried about it. We talked about it all show. Um, come to find out, um, just, just a little bit before the show started, he had fallen into some glass, and he cut his hands all up and needed stitches. Um, so that was the reason why Craig was not able to call in. So we do not know if he'll be calling in today at 9:30 or not, if he's if he's better or not. But he did say that they're taking care of him. So about 9:30, we're going to put some focus on Craig. And if he doesn't call in, we're just going to talk about him and other current news that's going on. And then at 9:45, we're going to talk to George Monterano. George Monterano is served 33 years of a life sentence and has been free for about a year now and it's open mic so he's just going to tell us what's going on in his life and what what whatever he wants to talk about we're going to hear from him and then at 10 o'clock we're going to talk to amber taylor um amber's dad is serving life in prison right now for a joint in oklahoma i don't think that's fair um because a lot of reasons. First, the fact that he's extremely sick. He's got a brain tumor. He's miserable as heck. Like, you're stuck in prison, miserable. Um, and Amber is a big, huge voice for her dad. She is an amazing person. She calls into our show almost every week. And not only does Amy talk about, or Amber talk about her dad, but he, she talks about the whole drug war as a whole. And how her dad got prison from serving a life sentence. In fact, Amber's going to be having a regular segment on our show. And we're not quite sure what we're going to call it yet, but we're going to talk to her today about the segment and about what's going on with her. And then after Amber, we're going to talk to Stephanie Landa, who served, who served four years in prison for a plant. 
and her son is in prison for the plant now. But when Stephanie's been out of prison, she has fought and fought for the prisoners that she left behind and started a group called Freedom Grow, where you can load commissary. It's a nonprofit organization where she raises commissary money for plant prisoners. So please check into that, and we can't wait to talk to you guys about that. After that, we're going to talk to Tom Corby. He's going to give us a northern chapter update um, regarding what's going on with him and his group, The Human Solution, in Northern California. So, yeah, check us out. Um, the show is to put focus on Eugene Fisher, who served 25 years of a life sentence. He was the old host of the show, and um, he just recently passed away, so we're always going to remember Eugene. And so during the show, that's, that's what we're up to is remembering Eugene. And then we have our co-host, Mindy Griffiths, who is on the other line right now screening calls. Um, as soon as she's done talking to Amy, we're going we're gonna, to um, bring Mindy on, and then we're going to uh, talk to Amy. So we're just waiting for that. But, yeah, everything is going great. Um, I think, I think um, actually, I'm wondering if Mindy is still talking to her, because I know she has some bad reception, and it's hard for her to click, click the buttons on here, because where she's at, she don't have Internet. So, Anyway, we want to thank you guys all for listening to the Voices of the Cannabis Wars radio show today, and we are really excited for today's show. Um, I'm just going to send in Amy a, Mindy a message real quick here. So um, here we go. So I'm going to bring Mindy on. Um, hey, good morning, Mindy. I just want to introduce you to everybody on the show. Um, you're the other co-host, and so I was kind of struggling because I wasn't sure I ran out of stuff to talk about, so I had to unmute you. So um, how are you this morning, Mindy? I'm doing good, um, other than my computer was spinning in circles, and that's why I was stuck in mute. <laughs> I thought so. I thought so. And I, I wasn't sure if you guys were talking or if I should unmute it or what, but I got to figure it out. Whew. I was getting stressed, but yeah, that's I, cool, Mindy. Sorry to ditch you there, Kristen. Um, yeah, so we do have Amy on the line who um, has lots to, you know, update us on, and um, I'm ready to bring her on if you are. Yep, I sure am. I think you Here should hit the is. button, though. I'm afraid. I, I am. I just did. Good morning, Amy. How are you? Good, good morning. Hi. It's always wonderful morning, to, uh, to be on your show. Thank you so much, Christy and Mindy. Kristen, sorry. Um, Amy, I just want to confirm with you. I um, said you were in prison at last at last last time you were on. I I got the years mixed up to tell me how much you spent in prison. It was nine years, right? Yes, nine years, three months. Got it. Got it right this time. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all in the past. So you know. It's um, a, it's a... I just updated our listeners a little bit about um, you being granted clemency and about how you help other people through your candy organization, um, Seek Clemency. And so I was just wondering if you just want to kind of let us know what's going on with Candu and with you and in um, the current news and whatever else you'd like to talk about, any of our prisoners. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's really <laughs> a roller coaster. It's a very busy time. And, um, you know, like everything, you know, uh, you work very hard for something and then this really is sort of we're in the moment uh, because I've been doing this for 16 years um I started when I got out of prison and and I really thought I could I could get some of the women out 
and I was able to get my roommate out, and I assisted with the list that we were able to get directly to um, President Obama. And, you know, I'm proud that, that several people got out because back then we had to circumvent um, the Office of the Pardon Attorney. And um, then nothing, <laughs> nothing for so long. And um, anyway, now we're, we're, you know, in a mad dash for the um, end of President Obama's term. And thankfully, he's got this clemency initiative and is making good on his promises. But, you know, there's some concerns. Uh, we, we have a few concerns um, that um, uh, we're, we're not happy with, with some of the denials, of course. Um, I'm frankly heartbroken over a few of them that make no sense. But so um, often I, when government does couple, something, it doesn't make sense. A couple of weeks ago we found out that, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, he's the longest cannabis prisoner. I, f- I forget his name right off the Le- not Antonio Bascaro? Yeah, that really hurt us. We've been fighting oh, for him. Oh, it was horrible. Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't know about it? Wow. Um, no, we said, yeah. well, well, we did. We found out it a, little, a couple weeks ago on the show, and it just it touched our hearts in the, in the wrong way. Well, here's, here's the good news. Here's the good news, and I always love to focus on the good news when and if possible. Um, the, um, the Office of the Pardon Attorney um, has, uh, you know, when you're denied, you can file again in one year. But they've uh, decided to um, waive the one-year um, time frame if um, CP14 takes your case. And they, uh, let's, like a lot of people submitted their case, and we encouraged them to while they were waiting, and thank God, because nobody knew whether CP14, the Clemency Project 2014, excuse me, was going to take their case or not. And they couldn't sit there and wait till the last second and then hear that they were not. So even like with Craig Cecil, where I, you know, I was pounding on him all the time. I said, Craig, go ahead and file. This doesn't exclude – it's not an either-or. And I said, get, get it in. CP14 it, it can file also. And um, so with Antonio, uh, he filed, but it took CP14 a long time. Uh, they assigned him an attorney. And then at the very last second, that attorney um, bailed and sent a letter to Antonio oh, and said um, that it was just too complicated. They didn't have time. They didn't have the resources, and it was horrible. So I reached out to Mark Osler, um, who I've met in D.C. and communicated with a lot. He's a hero. He's always in these op-eds about, um, uh, that he writes about the process, and he has the clemency clinics. And he said um, that he would pick it up. And so he's still under the uh, CP14 umbrella, and um, they're working on it. I don't know whether it's submitted. If it was, it was very recently because I, I asked, um, um, I weighed in with Mark recently. And so um, the Office of the Pardon Attorney has decided, in fairness, that even if they deny somebody um, and then CP14 submits their application, they will look at it fresh. And um, they'll look at, at what CP14, uh, the petition that they put together, because, you know, a lot of the prisoners, um, although many of them have gotten out that filed their own, they're, you know, they're, they weren't as maybe as savvy as to what the criteria was and how to establish that they would have gotten less time and all that stuff. So, so he still has, there's still a breath of chance for, for Antonio. And um, oh, well, here's good. my concern. My concern... Well, 
Yeah, yeah. So let's so you know, still the prayers and everything. My concern is that it looks to us um as if they're denying all the non citizens. Uh we haven't seen a single non citizen that was granted and we've seen masses of them denied. Um, so we're, we're 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 trying to get some um, clarity on that. Um, we have some people who are trying to dig into it and and understand whether there's um, some reason why they're um, not. Uh, Rita Becerra um, got a 27-year sentence, first-time offender. She was a hairdresser, worked um, for 20 some 20 years as a hairdresser. Um, and then the same story, you know, she started dating a guy. They moved in together, and within nine months he was busted because he started selling some drugs. And she knew that he was, but, I mean, she she went to work every day. Right. <laughs> got, yeah, she got um, 27 years. He got a deal because he oh. knew everything. He only got nine. But he even told them she hadn't, you know, she she didn't she wasn't involved other than her exposure to him so they didn't even offer her a deal because he had all the information and they knew she couldn't add to it um but that's the reward you get if you didn't know much and you weren't that much that involved you got most of the time and she's still in there and he's home and probably you know married and has kids but anyway so uh, getting back to antonio um you know we're still hopeful but I do have I do have a hint, um, and I, I'm, I'm going to share this just, um, and and you can take it or leave it. I'm not trying to tell people what to do, but we have had some people who've talked to um, the pardon office, and they're whether it's right or wrong is irrelevant. But they're they've encouraged people to please stop sending letters uh, if they're form letters. Um, that a respectable amount of form letters is good, but after that they call it an administrative nightmare because they have to, you know, anything government they can't ever destroy it. They've got to, they've got to store it. They've got to find more file cabinets. They've got to do whatever. And um, uh, I'm not saying that people shouldn't, but we don't want anything to have an adverse effect on the people that we're trying to help. So that right. you know, you, and we're dealing with some folks that can be cranky <laughs> they're, they're um you know they it's the you know office of the pardon attorney is part of the department of justice and um having talked with somebody who worked there um he's he you know i i go to him all the time and ask please tell me what you know is this a good thing to do or is this a bad thing to do i try to check with him on everything he worked there for 13 years and um he said that um, always, always um, envision or tell yourself that you're you're actually writing a letter to not that you are, but just imagine that you're writing a, a letter to the prosecutor, because you're going to a particular mindset, and they do not ever like to hear that the person is a victim or that these laws are horrible or that um, cannabis is wonderful. It, 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 we, you just have to know who your audience is. And those things sometimes uh, we understand it and it's obvious, but for the same reasons that they will not take marijuana out of Schedule 1, you have to understand who you're dealing with, the mindset that you're dealing with, and um, the off. 
you know, Office of the Pardon Attorney isn't, you know, it's it's not exactly, it's not neutral. Um, it's, so just keep those things in mind. And um, it's, I'm just um, um, hopeful that President Obama, who I do think is, you know, very level-headed and uh, wants to do, you know, wants to ha- uh, use his executive ability to inject mercy into a merciless system will um, go big. You know, we're just hoping that he's going to go big before he leaves office. So speaking of President Obama, he just recently um, gave clemency to 102 people, more people, um, which is great. Um, you have you put a focus on women prisoners, and there wasn't very many women on there, and I didn't notice very many cannabis people on there. And I'm really happy all the people who are getting clemency is getting mm-hmm. it. Um, do you think that there's a chance that he might switch, turn the tables a little bit and focus on more women or more cannabis um, prisoners on his next list, possibly? Maybe? What do you, what do you think? <laughs> that's absolutely <laughs> what... Here. Yeah, that that's that's the multi that's the million dollar question that we we ask every single time <laughs> this come out because um you know I've and again even I I I fret all the time I worry all the time because I wrote an op-ed um, about this and um, I've written several but I wrote another one that was in um, uh, the the um, influence and about the lack of women, and I referenced uh, two really wonderful women who'd been denied. And, you know, and there again, you know, at the end of the day, I, you know, I, I, hate, I hate that any of us even have to feel this way, but then I sit there and I go, oh, I wonder if even that will upset the powers that be, because, and I'm not talking about Obama, I'm talking about the, the gatekeeper, and, um you know, I'm scared to death. We're, we're, you know, you you want to be vocal and you want to um, express your frustration, and yet you don't know whether you have to do it quietly. You don't know whether you should do it in a big way. But oh. we're, yeah, we're we're all at that point where we're we 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 are not going to just sit here and just let this thing play out and not speak up. And that's why um, there's a lot of things. Um, are in the pipeline. There's several things that are planned. Um, in fact, there's there's a big uh, rally in front of the White House October 12th. Um, I'm not going to that one because we're we're going to be doing something in D.C. Um, no, excuse me, November 14th and November 15th. But there's a uh, there's a big thing where they're saying get on the bus and they're going to be in front of the White House October 12th from 6 a.m. until um, I mean, excuse me. From what? Uh, let me see. What time is it? It's um. Is it Stacy's bus? Eight. Excuse me. Is it Stacy's bus or uh, just a different bus, a regular bus? Oh or? Lord, no. This is this is some. This is some, this is this is a, a different organization. It, it's not. Oh okay. Uh, wow. Based. Um, oh cool. But they're 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 just um. They're just saying that they're taking it to the hill from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. And you know they're going to be speaking. They've got some keynote speakers, and um, uh, so and they're kind of doing it. It's a lot of churches, uh, a lot of different churches, a National Presbyterian Office of Public Witness, um, Samuel DeWitt Proctor Conference. Um, they've got several Healing Communities USA. So um, 
so they're you know doing something, and I'm, and we're um, I've teamed up with um, Cut Fifty and Change.org, and we're taking a bunch of family members of um, prisoners who clemency applicants. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, we've um, we've already raised um, almost thirty thousand dollars, and um, we're gonna. You know, I'm in charge of having to call the different family members and speak with them. So that's kind of you know hard because everybody wants to go, and um, you know we're, we'll probably take about thirty. But we're also um, going to be pushing out memes, um, you know, which are photographs with a quote on them of the faces of the clemency applicants that's going to start ha- happening this month and oh um, that is cool too i would love to share those around that's that's really awesome yeah and um you know i i, I think that uh, the music industry is going to help um they've certainly said that they're going to um and you know fingers crossed so uh, you know <laughs> it's the the drum beat is going to get louder and louder and louder um because we're going into uh, let me see, our thing, uh, which is in November, is called Hope for the Holidays. Um, we have to get a special permit because uh, we're going to try to do something at nighttime in front of the White House. But that's a situation where it's a controlled number because um, um, you, can't, you can't stand in front of the White House at, at nighttime. So there's um, somebody who's pretty well connected who's working on you know, uh, getting a permit and stuff. So there's a lot happening. Uh, maybe Amy, is there, um, yeah. there she goes, there she goes. Amy, I was, I was curious, all that happening and, um, you're, you're constantly moving forward and how do you keep from burning out? What I don't do you know. do to take care of yourself? <laughs> Yes, tell uh, so us. Great question. I really, I, I, you know, there because, you know, I. <clears throat> some people don't like it when you make um, comparisons to um, the Holocaust, but um, I can't help but feel as if this is a modern day Schindler's List, um, because we are these people are suffering. Suffering is suffering. Um, it certainly was extreme with the Holocaust, what they were put through. I'm not going to say that, that um, people are being gassed, but suffering, intense suffering is suffering. Family members are suffering and the people in prison are suffering. And you can't, um, you can't burn out when you are literally in the eye of the storm. And so after this is over, I'm going to take a long vacation, and I keep telling my husband, you know, <laughs> 14 weeks, you know, it's 14 more, just 14 more weeks. Um, it does have, you know, you, you gain some kind of comfort in knowing that there's been a payday. I mean, we are seeing results. Now, if you were just beating your head against a wall and, and not getting anywhere, you would burn out. But when I get those phone calls from Danielle Metz and Josephine Ledesma, who I did time with, and I did time with Angie Jenkins, and you've got to understand, Danielle Metz and Josephine, I was able to exhale after holding my breath for, for, for years, especially during this process. Every single list that would come out, I would scan it for Josephine and Danielle, and because they're very good friends of mine that I know personally. And 
uh, talked with Danielle yesterday. She's out. She's in the halfway house, and Josephine's in the halfway house. And they called me. Oh, um, so yeah. Well, I've talked with I've talked with Danielle the day she got out, but I hadn't been able to talk with Josephine until day before yesterday. I wasn't prepared. I broke down like a baby crying when I heard her voice. Oh, we never talked, Yeah, we never talked on the phone the whole time. We just always emailed through core links. And I wasn't, it, I, what, you know, you don't even know what you're holding on to inside until you release it or something triggers it. And I started bawling like a baby. Um, and I was just like, I wasn't, and she, you know, she, I didn't even think she was like, are you okay? You know? <laughs> because, um, I, it, it's not just Josephine. I'm holding on to so much. Um, I'm upset that Crystal Munoz got denied. She has two little girls, eight and nine, and I'm holding on to that, and I'm so upset, and I'm not willing to let go. I'm still going to try to do what I can to try to help um, Crystal. We love um, her. We love yeah, her. Yeah. As you know, she's in for pot. Um, I'm, I'm talking to her. That we put up when we, we, I don't know if you realize this, Amy, but when we go to events and stuff, we put a sign up for her. Amongst Good. a lot of, of people you advocate for, but she's, she's one of them that we, we keep in our heart wherever we go, and, and we oh, let people know, hey, I'm she's just, in prison. And she's there. Yeah, and we just got a lot of signatures for her on change.org, and I, I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked. Oh. So I think what happens is, um, you know, and for your listeners, because I know there's other people coming on, but, you know, um, when these lists come out um, and there's people on it that you know, uh, there's intense joy, and then there's the people mm-hmm. I don't see, which is, intense anguish and our the human body isn't yes. really capable of processing both so um like with josephine uh, she triggered intense joy but it also triggered a lot of intense pain that i'm that i'm holding on to so that's what keeps me going those phone calls to answer your question and um it's what will always keep me going because i have to, so many people that I love that we're trying to get out, and they're counting on us. But I stay up till about two, sometimes three, even four in the morning, um, because it's a lot of work. I mean, it is a lot of work, and um, I'll be, I'll be really looking forward to just I, taking a break, you know, after Obama leaves office, because I think we're going to go into a phase where there won't be much activity for a while. Wow. I hope you're wrong oh, about that, but I do need, do hope you get your vacation. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Maybe we'll all have a big reunion someday with all the people who get out. Yeah, we've got to get all of our, when all of our, all of our people are freed, we're just going to have to have a big celebration somewhere. And yes, yes. Everybody and I, can. I think we need to commit to that right here, right now on this radio show. Yes. Yep. Yep. Because I'm not going to stop till they're free. And no. I'm pretty sure you're not going to stop and Minnie's not going to stop. So we just got to work for something. And we, that, that's a celebration with all of, all of our new freedom. <laughs> what time is Craig so, coming on? Yeah, yeah. I was just going to tell you he could be calling in any second between now and nine thirty. Um, well, because we I, don't I know was wanting know. a little update. Um, you know, I've talked with Lauren, and I understand he fell and hurt his cut himself. But I'm so shocked because normally in prison, I you know I don't really you know they try not to have glass in there, so that won't happen. What do you know? Have the real story? What, what exactly happened? Or I shouldn't say that. He's probably going to come on and talk about it, huh? Well, um, I, we don't know. Well, what he, I haven't heard from him since he emailed me about his injury, although what I did hear in his email was it's incredibly difficult to email because he's got stitches yeah, in both hands oh, God, and know. his elbow. Um, oh, man. <coughs> excuse me. I'm sorry. But um, 
You know, that was my question, too, because I kind of assumed that all the glass that was around would was that really super thick glass with the metal in Tempered, between. You yeah. know. Or right, right, right. Uh-huh. But I don't know what job he does, and it might, well, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure how he that ha- managed well, we'll to happen. we'll find out, I guess, um, because I'm I'm curious and I'm so so sad that that happened to him. Um, but um, and then you know, as as people probably know, um, Lauren had hip surgery and everything, so we're wishing her well and speedy recovery. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, I was um, tormented when I found out what happened to Craig because I mean, I was worried. I was really worried. You know, that he was going to hurt himself so bad and. They weren't going to take care of him, and that's not the case. I, I saw that he had sent someone a message basically saying that they'd take really good care of him. They immediately got him help and got him got him um, medical aid and stitched him up and treated him really nicely too. So, you know, that's, that's a good thing. I know we have a lot of negative stuff that goes on in the prison, but thankfully they took care of him. Yeah, that's and it's good to acknowledge that. You know, we can't just yeah, always yeah. focus on what's going wrong. When they do something right, that's wonderful, and uh, I yeah. really like to give credit where credit is due. So, and uh, well, I want to thank you guys so much. My husband's birthday is tomorrow, so happy I'm birthday! <laughs> today, yeah, I'm starting today. I'm going to take him to breakfast because that's his um, favorite meal, and um, we're going to have a Sunday brunch. So. I'm oh, breakfast to, um, is mine too. Yeah, <laughs> and mine, and I'm hungry. So, um, but yeah, yeah I want to thank everybody. And well, the only thing I'd like to ask is that we, um, we I, I know it's they're not all cannabis, but these people are all suffering. Everybody is suffering and got, um, as we know, over prosecuted, over sentenced. And I would just like to encourage people to please sign and share our change.org petitions. Um, It really does make, it does seem to make a difference. Not every single time, um, but, um, you know, Tim Tyler, you know, finally got out. Um, He was in for LSD, serving life. Ricky Miner, oh, my God, everybody's known Ricky Miner's case for ages. He he was in a book that Mickey Norris did, Shattered Lives, that I was on the cover of, and I, I don't know if Mickey's been on your show or not, but she's been in the cannabis uh, They have him one time. They yeah. came on once with Jeff Eichmann. Yep. Right, yes, Mickey and Chris, Con- Mickey Norris and Chris Conrad. You know, they used to come into prison and visit me there, and um, and she was elated when she Aww. heard Danielle Metz because now everybody who was on the cover of Shattered Lives is now out. But Ricky Miner is somebody who they always were advocating for and who was in that book, and he just he just got it in this last batch, the 100, uh, 102. So please, please, please cool. share and sign the change.org petitions because it also helps educate the public that we normally can't get to, you know, because it's, right. it's um, yeah, if we, because uh, I do updates. Change.org has put all the clemency petitions under the Can Do Movement page, and when I do an update, it goes out to uh, I have half a million followers now. So um, it's wow. uh, yeah. So I I kick those things out to the the, the bigger audience, and um, it, I get a lot of emails where people are like going like all of us. What? I'm shocked. So anyway, just I want to thank your okay. listeners. Um, you guys are the best, and um, Please give Craig my best. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah, we're Thank gonna, you. We're gonna, um, Amy, we're going to pull Amber on, whose dad is serving life for for a joint, 
And we're going to talk to her for a minute while we wait for Craig. Hopefully Craig will call. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, if not, I'll let you know. If you're not on the line when he calls, I'll let you know that he's there and he's okay or whatnot. But we want to thank you so much for everything you do for our people and for being who you are, for every sacrifice you have ever made for this war. It means the world to the whole world. You're beautiful. It has to be your passion. You know, it definitely uh, is my passion. But, um, gosh, her dad, uh, who, what's her dad's name? Thomas Landris. Thomas and Landris. He's, he's suffering, suffering from a brain tumor. Like, he's. He's, they're not taking care of him. He's in a state prison in Oklahoma. It's it's a nightmare, absolute nightmare. Oh well, you know, uh, it's uh, yeah. Um, we've got to, exactly. you know, that's the next thing is these state people who are serving life is crazy. Yes. Well, go ahead and oh bring Amber on, and um, I'll be happy yes. to to stay on a while. All right, cool. And thank you. Have a good day, Amy. Okay. Thank you. Take care. You're Bye-bye. welcome. Thank you. All right, you guys, that was Amy Pova, the one and the only. Uh, Mindy, you're going to have to get Amber on because my computer actually just froze up completely, so i got to restart it. So next we're going to have okay. Amy, oh, Amy, or Amy, Amber Taylor on, who is going to actually have a regular segment on our show very, very shortly. Uh, uh, and we, we're not all the way certain what we're going to call yet, but we're working on it. Um, but Amber, are you there yet? I'm here. Hey, Superwoman. Hey. How are you? Good morning, Amber. How's everything going? Uh, I'm a little worried not about Craig not calling in. Yeah, that's that's always um a worry. My my friend's husband just got uh, his parole violated, and he hasn't called for two days, so her mind is in the worst places right now. Oh, it's hard not to imagine so, the worst. Amber, yes. we're really, yes. really excited to have you, um, to have you as a regular on our show from now on, and we're really excited about your segment. Uh, for our listeners, Amber is going to be doing a permanent section for her from her father being incarcerated. She is basically very knowledgeable. I'm not going to call her an expert, which I think she is, but I'm going to call her an expert about the drug war in the means that. She's lived through it, and most of the time when you live through it, you learn from it. And so we're going to have her on a a weekly segment because, you know, we put a focus on the cannabis war, but there's a whole bigger drug war going on out there. And Amber's going to help us pick it apart and put focus on certain parts of the drug war and what's really going on and how it's affecting all of us. Um, So we're really excited to have you, Amber. Um, What do you think about your upcoming segment and what is your focus of discussion? And tell tell us tell us tell us something. <laughs> I have goosebumps, ladies. I'm so excited to for y'all to give me this <laughs> opportunity. I mean, like this is just such a huge subject that so many people are blind to because the thought on the subject is if you do the crime, you do the time. When people don't even know the excessive time that's giving or how crazy the laws are to make certain crimes, crimes. So I am so excited to shine a light on the drug war, not just marijuana, but everything. Like, our are being massacred and, and sentenced to life for things that if you had money, you'll probably walk home with probation, and that's just not the way our system is supposed to work. Did y'all know that 
the amount spent annually in the U.S. on the war on drugs is more than $51 billion a year. Oh, my Can you Do you know how many people that would feed, how many addicts could go to rehab? Like, that is a massive amount of money. And we could get health care like, the, like they'd have in France. Or Canada. With that you know, kind of money. Yeah. Like, that's one of the main reasons why we have so many addicts is because of the poor health care system. It's just a constant cycle of turmoil that our, our below-poverty line um, Americans face, and it's ridiculous, and it's time for change. The number of arrests since 2014 in the U.S. for drug law violations were 1,561,231, and that's 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 just ridiculous. Like it's it's an epidemic, and we've got to fight it. And I'm so happy to be fighting it with these ladies. Oh, we're excited! So um, we've come up with a couple ideas for for radio show names. Um, and we're going to ask our listeners, if you have any ideas of what we can give name Amber segment, please please send us a Facebook message with your ideas. Um, so far, we're kind of looking at um, Drug War 101 with Amber Taylor. So if you guys think um, you've got anything better than that, please let us know. We're really looking for something catchy, um, something cool, something that will stand out. So we want you involved. Yeah. So please Listeners, please participate. We can even, um, on, on Men's page or the radio's page, we can even put a Facebook poll up and let y'all guys vote. This sounds like a lot of fun. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, it's all going to start with, like, a message from someone who has a really cool idea. But let's get, let's take it from here. But so far, I think I think it's going to look like um, War 101 with Amber Taylor. I really like that. I really like that one. What do you guys Me think? Me too. What do you think? very catchy. I I think it um I think it covers everything that Amber's gonna cover. But um I'm always up for good catchy phrases and names. That's one of the things I love the most about writing stories is coming up with a good catchy name. And sometimes it takes a while, so you never know. Yeah, I think we're gonna take off there, ladies. This is great. I'm just so excited. And then um the the viewers and listeners that y'all already have is is it's just going to expand their knowledge, like, to the fullest. I'm very excited. Amber, what about your dad? Um, How's your dad doing? So I was I just going to say that. <laughs> oh, good, Mindy. I, we were, me, me and Mindy think alike all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? And y'all even sound alike sometimes, too. Y'all are definitely can of sisters. <laughs> <laughs> so um, still no contact from Thomas. But um, I was able to look at his um, his books, and he did receive the money from Miss um, Glore. She put $25 on his books, so now he has toothpaste and soap, and that's just such a blessing. It was my kid's birthday this week, so I was real short on, on cash, and she just she's just a doll. She's, she's my angel in disguise that I've never got to meet. So, okay, hey, so how nice. Wait, 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 really quick before you, I just got a uh, message from Craig saying that the <gasps> phones are out of order, but he's okay. So that's good to know. I haven't been able to pull up the full message, but I see phones out of order is the tagline. So, ah, 
thank yes. you. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to send Amy a message. Let her know. It says uh, he has to report that so far today the inmate phone systems here at prison don't work. Usually we dial the desired number and then put in our personal number, ID number, then put in a voice identity check. Wow, that's holy cow! That yeah. was a whole bunch of information I didn't know if about. You say your, if anyway. you say your name wrong, if you say your name wrong, they'll make you wait 15 minutes and try it again. Like if you oh, have a different tone in your voice. Yeah. Yeah, you had a bad morning. So this morning, as soon as we put in our ID, the phone disconnects. So he's he's thinking, though, that since it's Sunday and because um, holiday tomorrow, that he might be uh, without phone for a couple of days. Oh, my yeah, gosh. That's, that's, that's crazy that, you know, you can't get outside contact when you need to. One of the reasons why Thomas was um, put in the hole two years ago is because he couldn't get in contact with the the rape victim line. Uh, apparently, there's a 1-800 number that you call when you've been assaulted or raped or anything like that, and he couldn't get through. So he called me on on the prison phone. He followed all the rules. He called me to call the supervisor and let them know that he had been raped, and they wrote him up and threw him in the hole for notifying me before the before he notified the rape victim line. Oh my God! Are you have that? No. What? Yeah, yeah. That is yep. that, oh. so they re-victimized him because. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and then whenever Who I these damn prisons, these wardens, these wardens, they need to fire them for allowing that crap to happen in their prisons. That's what I'm saying. Like. Our government is hiring the nastiest, meanest people to even allow this stuff to be happening. Like, why Why they put a focus on hiring mean people or hiring people that cannot stand up to right from wrong? You know, like, they think that's right. How could they yeah. possibly, how could the prison system think that that's right? It should be a requirement for your character references to be checked if you're going to be in power like that because nobody that has, power issues or anything like that should be a warden of a prison. And and you can't even contact the warden. I mean, you get their secretary, yeah. but they don't call you back. Yeah, they're too they don't talk to people, the prisoners' families. They don't. I've I I've, I've noticed that too. Um so Amber, here's here's my biggest concern. You still haven't talked to your dad. It's been over a week, possibly up to 2 weeks. Have you made any attempts to call and say, "Hey, how's my dad doing? Have they have they communicated with you?" Is, is there anything that we should be doing right right now to help your dad? Yeah, so I I make it a point to call every other day so that it's on my phone log and then I write it down in a log um, because a lot of times I call and, and get information and then they swear that they never told me that. So I've learned to log everything. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that's why yeah. he's not in trouble. He has no write-ups. He's not in the hole. His health is fine. Um he just hasn't called and 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 Thomas is mentally ill so sometimes he gets in his in his depressed mode and in in his little hole and he shuts down so that may be what's happening right now but I'm just I'm praying for the best and and hoping I get a phone call soon I he, he has one phone call on the phone so I know that he knows he can call okay and he may be saving it I don't know you know he only has he only I I'm only able to put three phone calls a month on there, so sometimes he saves them. So it, that may be what he's doing, but I haven't received the letter yet. I'm not gonna 
worry myself to death yet, but y'all send those good vibes out, and if you pray, say a prayer too. Okay, we will. We will. We will. Absolutely. Exactly. Man. Yeah. Oh, she. I think um, Tracy got to see Lance Glore yesterday, which was really awesome. And then I know y'all follow the Chris Martin story. I think his wife is still trying to get approved on the visitation list, which I totally feel her pain. It took me three years to get to see Thomas. So let's real quick, let's do this, say this real quick. Okay, so I talked to to uh, Tracy also. Um, that's Tracy Gore. That's Lance's mom. Um, for our listeners, I know I know you love her. You already know exactly who she is. But for our listeners, um, I talked to Tracy yesterday. Lance is pale. She's worried about him. She's worried about him. He's being on a, a couple. Um, he's getting transferred. Actually, um, I think she said November third or something like that. They don't know where he's going. They don't tell you till you're till you're basically in the truck or bare. Um, Mindy. This is news from for you and me. Um, Lance told his mom that Chris is on lockdown again. Oh no! And so. Lance just his phone and commissionary for sixty days. His mom just messaged me. Oh my god! Oh yeah, I got the message from. <laughs> yeah, I got a message from him too. Oh my goodness! Lost his phone for commissary for sixty days. You know what that means? No commissary for sixty days. No phone for sixty days. That means he yeah, can't call home. He can't find out how his daughter's doing. He can't find out how his mom's doing, how his family's doing. He has to eat prison food, period. No commissary. Oh, and then you know what? If he has Same. to, if he, one of his friends give him some commissary, he can be put in the hole for that. Like that's, yeah, it, man. it costs less than a dollar a day to feed federal prisoners, which is all three meals less than a dollar a day. So you can imagine what they're eating. For all you people yeah, that not Soldiers eat better than prisoners. You are sadly mistaken because they don't. Um, we did a show with Eugene Fisher, and the, basically they feeding our prisoners food that is not a fit for human consumption. Yeah, <sighs> my stepdad was in uh, Granite State Prison in Granite, Oklahoma. About 15 years ago, there was a big, um, or I say about 12 years ago, there was a, a big story about it because um, people were getting sick. Rust water was dripping into this food, and they did. They ended up breaking the story and did a big story, and the prison ended up um, shutting down to visitors and everything for a couple of months and never fixed the problem, and it's probably still rust water 12 years later dripping into those inmates' food. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you know, Lance, and um, so I don't know if you know this, Amber, but Lance and Chris, Chris was my dad's business partner, He's, he went through the same thing Lance did, went to trial, got found guilty for, you know, helping people, blah, blah, blah. Right now they're actually in the same prison. They just don't know each other because they're in different parts of the prison. But they're right in the same prison that I'm in, in my town, in a, in a state where we call it legal. Um, here's two of our medical cannabis caregivers sitting in federal custody in the same state. So um, that's know crazy. That, know that. Yeah, you know what? And, and I'm sure that the universe placed them together for a reason because even though, I mean, it's, it's sometimes people in the family don't like to hear this and sometimes they do, but even though their situation is bad right now, they are making the way for so many people in the future. They are changing the way that the world views cannabis and the world sees 
uh, people breaking the law using cannabis. So, so they're our heroes. They're fighting for us. Every day that they spend in that jail is for us. So everybody should be very, very proud of them, regardless of what other people think. Cool, cool. Well, Amber, we've got uh, George Monterano on on the line. He's going to do his segment at Georgie's Corner. So we just want to thank you so much for coming on our show, and we're really, really, really excited to have you on upcoming shows and to have an official segment just, just for Amber's time so that we can um, you can talk basically about whatever you want and whatever focus you want to put on it. And um, sometimes we have topics that we go by, but, you know, you don't even always have to go by that. It's just it's uh, usually open mic. So um, we just want to thank you, and we will talk to you soon, and stay strong. Thank you, ladies. Y'all have a blessed day. Thank you, thank you. And Mindy would say thank you, too, but she's screening Georgia's call, so okay. you have a good All day, right. too. All right. <laughs> All right, Amber. Okay, cool. Okay. All right, you guys, that was Amber Taylor. Um, she's coming up with her new segment soon, and um, her father's serving life for a joint. And here we're going to put on George, and I don't know if, Mindy's button's working again or not, so I'm just going to go ahead and um, unmute it, or, un- yeah, unmute the mic. Here we go. Good morning, George. How are you doing? Hey, good morning, Christian. How are you? Oh, we're good. We've we've been worried about uh, Craig. Apparently, the reason why he didn't call in last week is because he fell into some glass and, and cut his hands up real bad and had to have stitches, and he didn't call this week, oh. but we found out it was because, yeah, it was... But he's okay now, and he didn't call this week, but it was just because the phones were shut down. But we've been worried, but yeah. we're okay, and he's okay. And how are you? That happens. That happens. Uh, oh. I've seen, I seen phones go down for two, three days. It happens. <clears throat> you know, yeah. <clears throat> Craig has indicated... Uh-huh. Craig indicated that things it's a Sunday, and then tomorrow is uh, Columbus Day, that he's thinking it might be a few days, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, he had you're powerless when them in prison when them things you're powerless. You know, you can uh, you know, all you can do is wait. All you can do is wait. Uh, I assume his emails are up. Uh, sometimes they go down too. So you know, that's prison. But I'm starting up. It's been eating away at me mentally with the situation with the. Uh, you know, uh, Washington. Uh, you know, only seven hundred with this uh, with this president. Only seven hundred and what is it, fifty something prisoners released. What happened to the sixty thousand? And the windows closing. Yes. Yeah, George. We had we had, um, huh? we had Amy Pova on on the phone. I'm, I'm pretty sure you know who she is. Um, right. She's one of our. Yeah, she was on the show earlier, and she talked about the clemencies that Obama's been granting and. You know, she fights for our women, and there wasn't very many women granted clemency. I don't believe there's, you know, I don't want to <clears throat> go in any labeling of, uh, you know, people that didn't get, didn't get it because we got to be grant, uh, thankful for the ones they did. But uh, according to percent, so that's that's less, way less than 1% of what they, uh, you know, said they were going to do. They said 60,000, so... You know, you're only talking uh, a few more weeks, and uh, you know, this for this administration is gone. So, you know, where where I feel where, like he's, huh? 
I was going to say, I feel like these next um, several weeks between now and the end are going to be like an emotional roller coaster of, of highs and lows, of excitement for people and disappointments for so many others. Well, this is uh, October, November. He already did some for this month, 102 the, the other day. So if he does another 100 in November and a big two, 300 in, uh, in, in December... Yeah, it's still, it's still, it's still a fraction, you know. It's still a fraction of what's in there. You know, there's two hundred some thousand federal prisoners, the majority of them for drugs. So, you know, I just, uh, it's just going to be another big letdown. I hope I'm wrong. <clears throat> I hope they wake up one morning and see they did, they did uh, release by uh, the tens of thousands. But I just don't know. I just don't know. He might just state that, uh, you know, with, uh, he was trying through Congress and he couldn't get it done and he did the best that he could uh, with uh, commuting sentences. But it doesn't, it doesn't, I'm starting, I'm starting to get disillusioned for the 60,000 that uh, I can't use the word promise, but uh, what we've seen in the papers for the last two years. And, um, you know, like they said, they went one direction in 2014. They went with uh, compassionate releases, and they made uh, for the Bureau of Prisons, and they made tens of thousands of prisoners, filled them all out. You had to prepare a packet. It was a lot of work for some people because a lot of prisoners didn't know how to do it. They didn't have the money to make the copies for the packets. Uh, they didn't know how to go about it. I actually converted a classroom to... Uh, system and, uh, and learning how to do that and how to do that and then it was not even four months into that when everyone was putting it in and uh, the Bureau of Prisons the staff said no they're not they're not going that way you have to put in your you have to put in your paperwork to the pardon attorney so you know that that was completely erased so now we went we went in 2015 to the pardon attorney and in droves and droves, and then uh, the part, the new appointed pardon attorney, DeBoer, left. She didn't stay there too long. She left, and now they have someone. Ba- I, I think it's from the Philly area. There, I, I had the names on the tip of my tongue, but you know, it's just it's just not the way it was. Uh, papers, you know, several articles that say it was going to go. So. I just don't know what, what what's going to happen with the next administration. Now, although uh, the, the Democrats, I heard it more than once. The Democrats have said they're going to they're going to address uh, uh, prison prison reform. The Democrats, I believe the Republicans too, but I, I can't say I heard that per se. But I did I heard the Democrats. So and then again, you know, you get the new administration in. When are they going to address it? At the end of the end of their fourth term, or well, they get reelected at the end of the eighth term? And uh, you know, every year uh, goes by less than that. Every six months go by, the old timers are dying off, and that's reality. That's did reality. you um, did you know any of the uh, any of the prisoners that were released on his last list? No, no, no. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know any. Uh, I was looking for some familiar names on there, but I didn't see any either. Well, I have to. I have to go back and look. I'm getting. I'm getting so busy in my in my everyday life. You know, <laughs> I, I know it. I know how that feels. 
Yeah, so uh, I'm trying to get out to your, your way in the uh, end of the month. I'll probably see you out there, trying to get out there from the 27th to the 31st in Seattle. Okay. But, uh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's still being worked out. That's cool. We can't wait to hear from you, boys. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I like to go up, uh, I don't know, Mindy, I don't know if she's still in Oregon. I like to go up that way in uh, November. Not, she's in not. Washington now. Well, she's oh, in Washington yeah, now. Oh, okay. Well, look, <laughs> yeah, I got I to gotta see my girls when I get out there, meaning you too. Yeah, uh, I have to get that out. It's all, it's, all, it's all being discussed. Uh, once I'm there, you'll know it. <clears throat> you know, I'm there on a Sunday, which I did. We did, the, we did the show when I was there on a Sunday. I think I was at the, we did the show when I was right at the Hempfest Festival. Am I correct? No, we canceled it that day. Oh, we canceled yeah. it? Yeah, I think so. Okay, <clears throat> okay yeah. so. But we can still ahead. work it out. Well, I could come to yeah. you, George. We can do the show wherever wherever we want. All we need is an internet connection. So, well, this is personal to me because uh, uh, I hear Gene's voice if I don't participate. You know, <laughs> because uh, he 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 used to uh, he used to he used to raise his voice and and uh, and you know like a big brother <laughs> big brother to me when he knows I was. Uh, you know, not doing what he wanted to do for us. You know, when we used to work together for years in the education department. <laughs> so, I've experienced that raise of Eugene's yeah, voice myself. So, yeah. Yeah. Are you saying yes. it, George? I was getting tears in my eyes because I remember me and Mindy yeah, sometimes we get a little cough. Yeah, well, my yeah. nickname is George. The people know me for since I was a boy. In prison, I didn't allow a lot of people to call me that, but just a few. And he was one of them. So he was um, raising he, that's why he named, he named your um, segment. Now, Georgie, come on now. <laughs> yeah, that's why he named your segment Georgie's Corner, probably. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Aww. But uh, I, they were what, my, <clears throat> a little bit of a nostalgia, my personal nostalgia. My neighborhood, there was uh, three uh, Georges on the same block. And... Uh, uh, and so to get to get and you know the kids were always outside back then. So uh, parents or sisters or family would we had different names. It was a different way to call the Georges, and mine was Georgie. So uh, so we like I said we were all on the same block, and uh, well. that's how that's that's how that evolved evolved when geez, uh, when I was yeah. probably two, Two years old. So yeah, uh, George. Yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say everything you say. It's it's cool that you know that's how you got your nickname, and then your segment on our show is called Georgie's Corner. And Eugene told us one morning he was like, "We're gonna name his segment Georgie's Corner, okay?" And we're all like, "Okay, that's perfect." And I we didn't realize, you know, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like I said, in prison, I. Only my close friends. Uh, I didn't allow my students to call me that, and uh, only my close friends uh, I were that allowed to call that. And they, and uh, basically, you know, in the fourth world, which is prison, 
the compound knew, knew it. In other words, you couldn't call me that. I didn't get upset, but it basically wasn't. It was. It wasn't protocol. You had to call me George or something like that. But hmm. uh, like cool. I said, I don't want to get us. I don't want to get too uh, get us all sad. <laughs> but anyway. Like I said, um, we have a short window to, for this president to go, and I just wish, uh, you know, it's not going the way. I know there's thousands or tens of thousands still there, <clears throat> like Greg, uh, you know, that they, they need they need they need that big that big lightning bolt to come into their life, that lightning bolt of freedom. And uh, I experienced it, and so now. 700, I think it was 753 altogether that got commuted. Wow. Yeah. Now, you know, mm-hmm. when the two-point two reductions are still in effect, uh, you know, but they're, 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 what they're doing with the two-point reduction, if you're a lifer, uh, they're basically, the judges are bringing you down anywhere from 25 to 30 years. Uh, so if you if you if you had life and you put in your two point reduction under that law, that's a statute of law, and you have ten years in, and you're still going to do another fifteen or uh, or twenty. So there is people still getting that. Uh, that's mm. what Greg uh, Greg Greg got. He got that two point reduction. He put, they put him down to thirty, didn't they? they I don't know. Yeah, it was a few yeah, weeks yeah, ago. that was yeah, yeah. that's what it yeah. was. Is he got that, and then they brought him down. Yeah, to that they 30 brought him. They brought him down to thirty. So, which is, oh. fun. you know, uh, unless they change the, the minimum mandatories, then Jay actually Greg would walk out in seventeen years if they the new administration takes the uh, the, the minimum mandatories away. How much does he have in? Fourteen uh, years. Fifteen years. Fifteen. Okay, 15? so he would max out. He would actually let him out. If they go back to the old law structure, the parole structure, you, you do you do two thirds. So um, he would uh, two thirds less your less your gain time. Okay, so that brings him to seventeen years. So he would get out in two years if they take the minimum mandatories and go back to the old way where you have the parole. So oh, wow. he still hopes that, hope that happens. Because that cuts a lot, wow. a lot of guys lose. A lot of guys. Because an awful lot of guys in my compound, the one that I walked out free from, they were getting the two-point reductions. Uh, we were hearing each week, you know, lifers were getting it. Uh, I think up till I left, it was like about, I believe, like about 22 on the compound, they got the sentence uh, uh, reduced uh, from life to 25 or 30, 20, anywhere between 25 and 30. So oh, wow. now, if you do 30, if you do 30 uh, years, less your less your good time, it's uh, it's 27 and a half. So you know there is that's still happening, but it's not the big picture that we all want. Uh, the 60 60 plus thousand that. Uh, we're supposed to. Uh, it was supposed to happen, but it hasn't. So, you know, all we can do is hope and pray that it does. Because, you know, we're just so many people languishing, and the women too. The women, the, the women haven't been getting that much play. Like Amy, Amy says, uh, they're just not. I, I don't understand that. 
I yeah. understand that. Now, a friend of mine uh, uh, who who tries to stay on top of things, he said that, uh, and like again, I'm not labeling anything, and I could be totally wrong, ladies and gentlemen. Again, I could be totally wrong. Out of the these, uh, with no one Italian person has got released. Oh, and, yeah. Oh. So, so my, you know, I got out through the courts, but my, my, uh, uh, my stuff was was at the pardon attorney. Was accepted by the pardon attorney, and uh, you know, I was waiting for it to get forwarded to uh, the White House. But I, I don't know if I would be in one of these batches. I don't know if I would ever get out. You know, but. Right now, like I said, a friend of mine did some research and not, not one Italian. So, but like I said, it could be totally wrong, and I'm not labeling uh, the president that he's, he's biased well, George, against any, anyone. Yeah. Amy was mentioning that um, nobody that has been on the list has been, they've all been American citizens. There hasn't been anybody who is not a citizen of the United States that she's aware of. Um, yeah, well, there's, there's so, plenty of them. There's plenty of them poor souls, and you know, you know that's the Congress. The Congress could say, you know, if you have ten years in, or fifteen, or whatever, when life sentences, you know, you just send them back, just deport them, deport them back to their countries. But right. I, I just, I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. Then, like I said, well, and some I of those it, people. When they say deport them back, you know, we just assume that they recently got here. But some of these people that they quote unquote just deport back have been here since they were infants. They don't have deporting them back to what? Right, you're, right. You're, I, I, yeah, good, a good point. A good point. I had to. Uh, I remember one time in my because of my, uh, you know, who I was and my my uh, my uh, relationship with staff. We had a. One one situation that took me a while, but he could not. Uh, he was being deported, and uh, he could not go back to that town in Mexico. His whole family were killed. Tell his whole family, and uh, he had no problem going back. He just didn't want to go there. He didn't want to go there. He, it was other, but they they were adamant that he had to go to that. Uh, over that border in that in that area, and uh, mm-hmm. we worked hard on that. But finally, we got by writing to the judge, uh, we got a, we got a stipulation that see they only pay so much. They only going to pay you so much. Uh, you know, they get you right to the border, and then you go right. Uh, they let you out there's border crossings, and then they got them border towns, and you know them border towns close to the American border. They're very violent. They're very, and they have these cartel gangs that actually wait for you because they know you're coming out of prison and you got a couple bucks in your pocket. You have a new pair of sneakers. And they were killing you for it. So, wow. uh, so we finally got a situation where uh, they put him on a plane way down, like where he had family way down past Alcapoco. Well, they had to get the we had to get the we had to get that paid for because the man didn't didn't have it. So that and that's only one situation that came. He was one of my students, and uh, he was a good student. And uh, that's one of the situations that, uh, uh, but that I I know. But there's thousands of that that I you're not aware of. 
So right. Well, George, we have an exciting new caller. It's a new listener from New York who wants to talk about the epidemic of people being incarcerated in his okay. in his state. Okay. Um, All right. So, so but all right, so. I think this topic of uh, deportation from prison should be a whole show, personally. Um, sounds like you well, know a lot about it, George. Yeah, people don't know. I mean, each, each, each individual has an individual story. And uh, yeah. if, I, if I was a knucklehead or I wasn't who I was, I, you know, the poor guy, now he's alive. He's out and he's alive down there. But, right. you know, what about the stories that the people's lives were taken that we heard? And, you know, I, I didn't have the power to do anything. So it's, a, it's, a, it's an ongoing sad and sad thing because uh, again like I always state on many shows we are human beings we are human beings but anyway uh, nice being on the show and uh, thank you George we, we love uh, you George and we're so glad that you come on the show every week I don't know what we do without you alright okay I'll see you guys <laughs> soon okay thank you love you right. thank you alright bye 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 all right, you guys, that was George Monterano, who served 33 years of a life sentence and who has been freed for about a year now, who calls into our show every week for his segment of Georgie's Corner. Um, next, uh, Mindy has um, been talking to, on the behind scenes, uh, somebody who called in, just a, a listener so far, who wants to talk about what's going on in New York. His name is Spice. We've never met him, so we're going to meet him right now, and we're all going to meet him at the same time. Mindy, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Spice, are you there? Hi, ladies. How are you all? Good, Good morning. morning. We're fine. Morning. How are that you? Was are you that was great. That intro you gave me, I was looking for confetti and champagne and everything. <laughs> 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 yeah. You never know. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and speaking of champagne, <laughs> it's it's really amazing that when we look at prohibition, in America, when there was this whole witch hunt about supposedly liquor and helping people's morality and temperance, um, it seems to be so similar to what's happening with the war on uh, marijuana weed. And often people that claim that they are the moral, they have the compass for everyone else, you know, no drinking, don't smoke weed, but yet they go to doctors and get um, all kinds of drugs that make them high as a kite, but they can afford <laughs> yeah. either get the insurance to cover it and not go to jail. So in my opinion, and most many of us at least, it's really a war on the poor because the drugs yep. that they go after, it's not expensive drugs. It's the cheapest stuff that doesn't really um, generally hurt anyone. Marijuana is, um, uh, I've done it. I don't do it anymore because I'm a black man and I know I'm not getting in no trouble until it's legal in my state. But it's not oh something that God. generally, yeah, I, I hold, I don't even speed anymore. I used to drive like a, you know, a, a madman. I, I'm, everything I do now, I'm like, hey, I feel like I'm on a plantation in New York where, okay, the cops are coming. Did I do anything? No, I took care of the kids. How are my hands? And we live in a state mm -hmm. of paranoia in New York and in many parts of America. We meaning um, especially black people and even, I'm guessing, poor white people. Um, 
and it leads to different mental diseases because if you always think someone's coming to get you, um, of course, that leads to mental health challenges in many cases. Um, but hearing George yeah. and his story, it's really just such a tragedy and uh, some of you, your experiences. And can you imagine being a gladiator in Rome? That's what they're doing. They basically get, it's a game. Gladiators, it was a game, as crazy as it sounds. So when people say, oh, this is all a game to them, it's really a game because they get to um, get money, they get to be entertained, they get people to do slave labor because basically the Constitution still makes um, inmates a slave class. And, you know, it, it really negatively impacts Latinos and blacks yeah, really immensely because we're communities that need our fathers around and they're taken away. Well, Spike, I, I have to tell you, I Spike. Tell you oh, uh, Christy, go ahead. Oh, you go I ahead. That, I was just going to say that it, it was really, um, it, it touched my heart that you said it that way because there's been times where Kristen and I have been in an interview and we've referred to the prison industrial complex as, as legal slavery in the United States. And at times we've offended people who are black saying that how can you compare it to slavery? But um, as you said, you're a black man in New York who won't even speed out of fear and, um, and, and compared it also to slavery. And, and, and is that the way you see it? Yeah, Yeah, well, it's almost like being in prison. You know, some people could be in maximum security. Some people could be in another lower level. Same thing with slavery. You have different levels of slavery. So the the pain and experience that black people have experienced has been much longer than the war on marijuana. So I'm not trying to diminish in any way um, because I also fight for black people and educate people about the transatlantic slave trade and that. But it wouldn't be fair to then say, well, you know, uh, prisoners aren't slaves. Yes, they're slaves, just like my people were slaves. But um, it's terrible that we are pitted against each other because the two groups should be working together and not get stuck on the use of a word that is fitting. But I do understand because a lot of black people are suffering from PTSD, and it's very hard to accept that there are other people who are going through some pain also, maybe not in the same level and quantity per capita, but definitely individually a white person that goes through hell is going through the same hell that I may go through. The fact that a 100 of my people go through it and 10 whites, it doesn't matter to the individual. They're still feeling the pain. So it's a tough thing, exactly. and they pit us Very against well each said. other so we don't work together. That is so um, well said. Very, very well said. Thank you. So, Spice, we would like to schedule, um, I'm sure Mindy agrees with me, that we would like you maybe a, first, a, a, a longer interview in the future. We don't have a ton of time today, but we would like to talk to you a lot more about about a few things. First, I also want to let you know that my father, he died in prison, shackled to a bed um, over cannabis, yeah. nonviolent crime. Um and so we, we fight for our prisoners. We fight for the whole drug war um, on, on a bigger level as well. Um, but what <clears throat> I want to tell you is that I'm white, and I'm from Washington where it's called legal, and I'm scared of the police get behind me. I'm freaking out. Um, I've been that way forever, and I don't think it ever goes away. So until the actual prohibition is ended, we can all breathe safe. Um, with that said, um, I want to say another thing to you, two things actually. Number one, I've noticed a lot of racial tensions. Of course, there's a race war going on behind bars. 
and there's a race war going on outside of bars, outside on the on the free lands out here. And if it, it like you said, it feels like if we all came together, it seems like a distraction, you know, when we're fighting over race. I mean, we're all going to prison for nonviolent crimes. And it seems like if, as soon as we can end the race war, maybe we can all be on the same side and actually attempt to end the whole drug war. But that was just another thought I want to throw at you just a little bit. And then another thing I want to throw out to you is I have heard a lot of rumors um, about New York and how black people are frisked up and down just because cops think that there might be even just less than a gram of weed in their pocket um, in order to incarcerate them. And that's tormented me, tormented me ever since I heard it. And I just want to know, is, does it seem like that's what's still going on? It's. By the way, sorry to hear about your father. Um, My father died a few years, not in the same situation. He was burned and didn't recuperate. But um, it was because Mm -hmm. of other people who didn't protect him, and I was thousands of miles away. And our fathers die, and very often because of um, nonsense. But that's what we're trying to change. Regarding New York, it's improved since the new mayor took over. He is... Oh, um, good. Yes, he is much more liberal, and he's trying his best, in my opinion at least. He's not perfect, but he's trying his best. However, there is a big – how much time do we have? I'm sorry, I, I, want, I don't want to take up. Well, we've, we've got a guest calling in um, at, eight tw- at 1020, but she hasn't quite called in yet. Okay, so, so any minute now. If we okay. don't cover everything, though, we, we would like to get you on in, at another time as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. I appreciate that. I'll bring um, additional info for you also. Um, regarding New York, um, the the war here as well as elsewhere is actually on people that cops identify as underclass, meaning how often do you see a black man in a suit and tie being arrested? Right. So what right. they do is they identify young people who don't know their rights usually, who may have sagging pants, who are underage or maybe 21, but may have finished up to grade six, seven in valid education, right? Who don't know right. a thing about the, the, um, the Constitution, Bill of Rights, none of that, but have a lot of anger. So if a cop approaches him, the person is not going to say, oh, hello, officer, how are you doing? Oh, it's a wonderful evening. He's going to say, yo, what's up, nigga, right? Sorry to say that word, mm-hmm. but that's how the young people, a lot of them talk. And what's the cop going to think? Okay. He's being belligerent. Well, they talk to me like that, too, young black men often. I don't then, you know, try and put them in a headlock. I'm like, hey, 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 how you doing, bro? Everything cool? Yeah, yeah, what's up? And so if you don't know the community, you're thinking you're under attack. In actuality, that's just the anger and the way the young, many of the young people talk. Um, but New York is often ground zero in terms of what's happening in, on this coast because we're supposedly so liberal but we're not as liberal as it seems. Behind the scenes, there's a lot of drama. And hopefully we can get this war on drugs over and maybe focus the energy on the real drugs, the ones in hospitals that are killing more people than weed ever will. Yeah, we, we, yeah, I agree with that. Yes, I, we really like you, Spy. Thanks for calling into our show today. That's, that's, you're, you're a breath of fresh air. We, we like to hear, hear what you're saying. That's, that's cool. Oh, thanks. I didn't know your show existed. I think that... Um, we all need to come together and solve these problems. And by the way, it's going to not take one, two, or ten people. The system has millions of people paid 24 hours a day to jail, lock up, create laws, spy on, etc. It's actually going to take tens of thousands of people working together 
with big budgets, with marketers, lawyers, accountants, I mean, across the board, special consultants that know politics, former governors, former mayors, because otherwise it's going to be an ad hoc response to an organized um, systemic system, and we'll get one chicken wing of success, and they'll get the entire dinosaur. It's going to be a tough fight. Okay, okay. Well, is this the, the number you called in? Is that a good number we can reach you at? Oh, yeah, definitely. I appreciate it. Okay, okay. So we'll we'll be in touch with you. Um, we'll be calling you from 253 numbers or 503 numbers. Um, do you have any, um, if you want, do you, have, do you have Facebook at all? Yes, I'm Spice Eclectic on Facebook. And it's a pretty Spice hard what? hat area. I have friends that are um, separatists from the black community, um, people that are liberal, people, I mean, Muslims, atheists. So put on your hard hat because <laughs> the discussions are okay. pretty, uh, you know, intense. Okay. Well, we're pretty tough. What did you say your last name was? It's Spice what? Eclectic. E-C-L-E-C-T-I-C. Like diverse, but eclectic. Okay. I'm going to send you a friend request. Thank you, sister. Cool, cool. I'm Kristen Floor, and Mindy will be sending you one as well. So, oh, awesome, um, well, thank Mindy. You. And, Bye. and by the way, I'm an atheist pastor. If if that adds any intrigue to you. Wow, you got, you, you we got a lot to talk about. You sound absolutely fascinating. And I have to admit, I love um, hearing more from somebody from your culture and your part of the world, since we're all the way on the west coast and white. Um, there's only so much we, so, you know, our experience is completely different. So this helps round out some, you know, our thoughts. So I really appreciate it. Five seconds. We're all the same. We want fresh air. We want a slice of pizza. We want clean water and we want to be left alone and not harassed. The problem is we're kept apart and told that each other is the enemy. And then we focus on each other instead of the point zero 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 one percent It's not 1%. It's less than that. And when we come together, we can squash them like mosquitoes. <laughs> like, yes. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, cool. Well, thank you, Spice. And we appreciate it. Thank you all. Let's Very stay in much. touch. Thank I'll, you for I'll keep in. listening. Thank you all, sisters. Thank you. Thank, Thanks. Thank you. Well, you guys, that was uh, Spice from New York calling in with uh, the news. What's going on in New York? Well, I, Mindy, I think we've had a really, really good show today. Um, we still have Tom. Now, see, Stephanie Landa, she was scheduled to call in at 10.15, 10.20, um, but she hasn't quite made it yet. Um, but what we're thinking is that she might call in after Tom. So we're going to probably put Tom on. And Stephanie Landa, who um, is running a group called, it's a nonprofit called Freedom Grow, where if you want to put some commissary money and help some of our plant prisoners who are behind, behind bars, because, you know, they only make 12 cents an hour at their jobs, and they're unable to buy their commissary. They have to buy things like shoes, clothes. And so if we can help them out here um, by giving, donating to Stephanie's group, and then she will directly put it on their commissary, we will save them hours and hours and hours worth of hard work in prison. So please help a plant prisoner out. It's uh, freedomgrow.org. Um, and Stephanie was just recently, I'm, I'm just going to share a little bit of the news that I know what, what was going on with Stephanie, is that she was, um, she was going to be going to the High Times Cup down in Southern California. However, the table that they were having was canceled, so 
she was unable to make it to the cup. So Stephanie is um, is uh, not not uh, raising the commissary money like she had hoped for this weekend, but she is in a desperate need of a break. So she said it all worked out um, good in the long run. So we're going to put uh, Tom on the phone. Um, Tom is a chapter coordinator. Um, for the Human Solution International, the Human Solution International is a nonprofit 501c3. In fact, I used to be the vice president for the Human Solution, and Mindy was the media coordinator for the Human Solution. They're a really good bunch of people who believe that nobody should go to jail for a plant, and they do things like show up in the courtrooms um, to show show support for plant prisoners. Um, they also write letters to plant prisoners. And Tom Corby is a fighter who had cannabis charges himself who shows up to everybody's court hearing so we're going to hear from Tom Corby about what exactly is going on in Northern California this week um, good morning Tom how are you uh, top of the day Christian I thank all the folks on the front line helping to come together in prohibition that's our top uh, my goal and vision is to end prohibition and to not reschedule cannabis, to, but to deschedule. It should have never been yes. scheduled in the first place. Right. We know that the Controlled Substance Act, 96, was illegal in the first place, and we always say follow the big money. Uh, in Northern California, uh, we continue. I always say to set precedents why, uh, even around the world, I have people from, uh, from France, uh, for uh, a friend in Paris saying that what we what we do in Northern California here uh, sets precedence around the world, uh, starting with Prop 215, uh, Dennis Perone, and uh, uh, our journey to and prohibition and uh, free our whole POWs. Uh, we always our, our mindset is <clears throat> never to plea bargain. Uh, there's always gray areas. Sometimes uh, we have to resolve our case. When we do that, uh, if you want a plea bargain, uh, you want to you want to uh, consider a diversion. Now, what that is is that they uh, almost always offer a uh, felony wobbler misdemeanor. We know that that misdemeanor at the end when you complete probation screws you, they will use it against you uh, at a later time. Uh, what we're getting now, uh, Joe Tully uh, has brought in, uh, in Butte County here, uh, diversions I, I brought in last week were high trans, and the two kids with the BART 7 all uh, did this diversion plea bargain uh, months ago. For me, that due to our advocating uh, thank you so much uh, that he's complete, completed his complete probation and he got a complete dismissal. This is this is the bottom line. Uh, don't accept a plea bargain. You can get a dismissal on the end after complete probation. Uh, pretty good deal. If in fact that you have to take a deal, uh, we're going to still work on this with my my wife Donna. Uh, she's still on probation. For cultivation, uh, had I known before, uh, probably wouldn't allow her to resolve the case on this deal because 
it is a wobbler misdemeanor. Uh, we're going to shoot, keep shooting for a dismissal on the end. Uh, Trevor Alcorn uh, had his third settlement hearing in Shasta County on uh, this last Monday, uh, October 3rd at 2 p.m. Uh, at his last settlement hearing, I sat with Trevor and I, I worked with him. And uh, I think a lot of Trevor, uh, we'll talk about Trevor Elkhorn and uh, the panels up in uh, Chasta County. We're also talking about kids. Uh, and can you imagine uh, one thing going to jail and another thing being in jail and having your kids taken by CPS? Uh, I cannot imagine uh, what I went through four days of jail and confinement. Solitary, uh, can't imagine having my kids taken too. Uh, so we come a little harder for kids, always. Uh, and we always say if you don't come and stand your ground, uh, come for your kids. Trevor uh, was offered a plea bargain. Uh, the usual uh, felony wobbler misdemeanor, uh, and he refused it. Uh, he told him that unless he could get the dismissal of the diversion man, he will not take the deal. So Trevor's going on to uh, trial. Uh, that's TRC, CQ first, as a trial readiness conference. Uh, he hasn't given me the time and date yet. It's coming up in November. I'll be posting it to the humansolutioncalendar.org. Uh, feel free to use our calendar at humansolution.org international. Always, uh, you can post your uh, court cases there, uh, and it'll help muster court support, meetings, whatever. So Trevor's taking them on. Also this week, uh, we got, I've talked about it, how Alex Lyons, how his, his uh, case it's different than all the other cases I've come from. Again, Alex Lyon waived his rights to waive time. He just is still demanding a speedy trial. Uh, what that does is that catches them with their pants down. Uh, these PDs, attorneys, don't really want to have to work. Uh, so we just keep throwing uh, everything at them, every kind of motion. Uh, like Tony is up with Benos up in uh, Shasta going to start just keep throwing the motions and hopefully eventually the case will be dismissed. Uh, Alex is going uh, had his uh, TRC uh, here a few weeks ago and if you remember I've talked about DA Jennings. Oh, we talk about DAs which are really DAs or deputy district attorneys. Uh, D.A. Jennings here in Buchanan is exception. Uh, in fact, uh, in 1996, right after the Controlled Substance Act passed, he had 12 cannabis cases. He lost every one of them. Uh, he couldn't believe it when he talked to the board. But what are we going to do to even follow this? They demanded that he did. Uh, why do you think? Because they're all making money on us, from Big Farm all the way down. Think about it. Even from the borders, all the PDs, attorneys, all the court recorders, the judges, they all making money on us, and they think we're easy targets. Oh, we are until they make us mad. 
And sometimes I think they mess with the wrong people when they mess with attorneys and doctors and people that are older that have some savvy. Uh, so Alice, I just remember to breathe. It really does help. And I catch my breath here. Uh, so Alex Lyons is going on uh, this Thursday at 1.30 p.m., October 13th. That's not on Court Street right here. In, uh, uh, it's actually North Oroville, California. It's two miles north of Oroville. Uh, we're actually in South Oroville, uh, Palermo, almost 20 minutes from the courthouse. So we're not actually right in Oroville. I was actually late. Uh, almost late to my own hearings a couple times <laughs> trying to beat the traffic. Uh, that's just going on to his GRC. What he did is he agreed with D.A. Jennings. Uh, D.A. Jennings has been asking for more time. What's that say? Got him with his pants down. He's not ready to go to trial. He's been asking for more time, and he got it. And now Alex has decided uh, reluctantly to agree with D.A. Jennings and a lot more times for this reason, because D.A. Jennings is working with him. D.A. Jennings sympathizes with his case. He can see where uh, Alex was, is very trustworthy, uh, tried to stay within the laws and the guidelines. So I uh, feel really good about Alex's case. Uh, uh, when we talk about dismissals, uh, so many of these up here, uh, with code enforcement violations, uh, they're out of line. We can see uh, a lot of them uh, should be dismissed. We have, I talk every week about we have four defendants here in Butte County taking them on to trial. That's what we do. We take them on to trial. We either dismiss the case, we go to trial. That's simple. There are no deals, bottom line. And, uh, and the PDs and the attorneys here, fishing policy there. They're all coming around. They want to be on a winning team. You know, these PDs, they have side businesses. I tell them, I says, you want to you want to be on a winning team? You come and join us, and your, your mindset is no deals, only dismissals. And they are, and we're getting them. So believe me, folks, it does uh, pay to stand your ground and, and come court support, come support our defendants, not just to support the defendants, to bear witness to the injustices going on inside these courtrooms. Uh, so Alice, they're going to uh, take them on to trial, and uh, hopefully they'll dismiss this case. One other case I want to bring up here in county going on is uh, Officer Feaster. Uh, if you know anything about him, you saw the video we out to right shot. Uh, 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 they shot a, a person, a guy, I, I don't have his name, and he chased him. He was drunk, and, and he was getting out of the car, and he outright shot him. We found out now through investigation that he was covering up another murder uh, and uh, could be involved at five here uh, with Heath uh, Feaster and that five, and it seems like they're all connected, and it has to do with a plot garden. Uh, I'm not, I don't have all the specifics, but anyway, uh, Officer Feaster's going uh, had the jury uh, going to jury trial this uh, Tuesday. Monday is holiday. Uh, jury was picked uh, Friday, and 
what I don't like about the case is, guess who's prosecuting the case? Is D.A. Cool. Ramsey. Well, D.A. Oh. Ramsey's uh, well, D.A. Ramsey's the one who's trying to defend him, telling, saying that he, it was an accident. So how can he be prosecuting the case? Point being. So uh, I think we're, a bunch of us are going to go for court support. It's not for support. We're not going to wear ribbons. We're going to make a point. We don't wear ribbons for solidarity for uh, officers like Officer East. And I point to the other officers and they able to hear how an officer like him makes it look bad for the rest of them. You know, one bad apple in a bush. Uh, it for all of them. And it does that for us, too, uh, people that get out of line and groin, cartels, uh, uh, and uh, a lot of people make us look bad too, the ones that are trying to do it right. Okay, well, I want to thank everybody today. Uh, come come join. Uh, help us do the solution and prohibition. Uh, it's humansolutioninternational.org. Uh, also, freedomgrow.org uh, with Stephanie Landa. And uh, help you the solution. Uh, no one should go to jail for a plan. And uh, as Donna, my wife, would say, always don't forget to breathe. Uh, thanks all the day. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. Have Great a good day. Show. We love you. You too. All right, you guys. <laughs> that was Tom Corby with Cal News right from Northern California. Tom, he makes an effort to call in every single show just to let us know what's going on. Um, Shelby Lucero, like we had her on last week, and she's faced in, what was it, maybe 20 years? 20 years for a plan. Yeah, and Tom goes to all of her court hearings, him and his wife Donna, because they know how it feels to be put on, on, on the stand in front of a judge and in front of all the people in the courtroom. It's just a maddening experience. Um, but, Mindy, do we have any other news that we want to share with our listeners before we go into our special closing today? No, I, I think that our guests have covered everything today. I know. They are so informative. Like, they taught me a few things. And I, I definitely I knew everything. want people to, to check out <laughs> the Can Do, um, Can Do Foundation and, and look at their website as well as go to change.org. And if you just... If you just Google um, in the change.org area, can do petitions, you can get the whole list of all the ones that you might be missing that you didn't see come across your feed and, you know, make a point. I try every time I get near the Internet to go on and at least sign four every time I, I get on there. Um, maybe, you know, those of you who have the Internet all the time can try just, picking one a day that'd be cool um but get on get on can do and change.org and they do make a difference and um, like tom said freedom grow if you want to get some money to some plant prisoners just talk to stephanie and um we got what marijuana lifers they're a great organization to check out and the human solution um i want to do a personal plug to the human solutions media page my dearest 
bestest friend in the whole world besides Miss Christian Ann Floor. But, uh, you know, I've known <laughs> Becca for years. Um, she puts up some media stuff on that website, and she's a great writer, so check those things out. And I feel like I'm missing something. Um, Vegas Cannabis Magazine. Um, yep. I think that's it. Well, we, I want to just, I just want to give out a shout out, Minnie. We've got this radio, um, this radio network now, the Voices of War, which this show is the Voices of the Cannabis, where we put focus on cannabis. But if anybody out there um, is a voice of, of an overall, of this overall war, would like to host your own show, we are definitely interested in putting a few more shows on our network. So, Please check us out. That way people listen to our shows. They see, you know, all the shows, and they're able to hear voices from different angles because me and Mindy's voice isn't the only voices out there. So we want to um, kind of combine efforts out there. So if you are interested, please contact us. If you're interested in sponsoring um, the, this platform, um, we can, we're always looking for sponsors. Also for our website, which is not launched yet, that's $30 a month, and so if you um, are interested in helping our group at all, please, please, please send us an email. Uh, Mindy, is there anything else? Nope, we got it. So, let's walk, well, let's I do want to say, down in, out in Florida, we got Richard DeLisi, who's serving his 28th year in prison for cannabis. And the war is really bad out there in Florida. We got so many aging prisoners that are getting really old out there. And with this hurricane, I was so worried about him. But from what I understand, uh, it, it didn't touch down close close to where he was at. So hopefully he's okay. But I, um, I did check in with uh, Eugene's family, um, which I didn't talk to, but I talked to Randy Lanier, and all of them are okay. But George was telling me before he came on that he's on um, the Jersey Shore, and it's pretty windy there and, and pretty rainy. I don't think they're in as much danger as many others, but... So, um, yeah, I've had them all in my thoughts, and, and that is a good point, Kristen, to make, is, is our prayers are with everybody who's affected by these floods and and hurricane weather. Mindy, we have, we're from Washington, but you realize that we have people from all over the nation on our radio show every week, like people calling I from all different that. states, all over the place. I think, I think it's so cool. I, I do. We even have people who listen every week. And who call in when they're across the country on vacation to listen. Um, we have listener Liz who uh, is, who calls in regularly, which I want to give her a shout out. Um, and then my mom yeah. calls from Nebraska. And uh, we got Tom down the phone from California. And we had Spice from New York and, and, and people from Arizona. We got, yes, we get them from all over the country. It's wonderful. Oklahoma, we got. We got uh, Amber talking about the drug war in Oklahoma. She's from Colorado, though. But yes. Oh, okay. Well, that's a piece to represent her dad from Oklahoma. All right. Exactly. Well, Mindy, if um, there's nothing else, I'm going to go into our closing and we're going to close the show out just a little bit early and we're going to talk about our people who aren't here no more and pay some respects to them. Are you ready or? I'm ready. Okay. First, we just want to thank every one of our listeners, every one of our volunteers, um, everybody who listens to our radio show, and please take what you hear from our show and share it with somebody else. And if you tell a story, um, tell a story of somebody who really needs needs it, or tell educate somebody. 
After you listen to this show, tell your neighbors about one thing, and that is jury nullification. So first of all, you know, we've got all these people in prison. I'm just going to say we can end the war right now through not snitching on each other and through jury nullification. I'm going to explain how real quick. First, when you get in trouble, you're called in and the prosecutors are like, here, if you tell on this person, this person, this person, you only go to jail for, you know, a year or two or three or four, whatever the case is. Okay, so then they got a prisoner. And then they got his snitching, so that leads to them getting even more prisoners. So when those people are like, oh, well, one of them is going to say, no, I'm not going to snitch. That's wrong. So then instead of looking at a couple years, they're all of a sudden looking at maybe life or close to it. So if we could all stand united and say that, oh, we're not going to snitch on each other no more. Okay, then we're risking something really big. We're risking life by not snitching. We're risking a life sentence. Okay, well, what happens? If you go to trial because you didn't snitch, because you didn't take their deals, as Tom was just talking about, don't take the deals. Well, that's a risky business going to trial because you've got jurors on the, on the jury panel who don't realize what their full rights are. They're called in from the government. They're given food. They're given sometimes even a place to sleep in a fancy hotel. They're treated real nice by the government. And when they're in, on, serving, their, serving their duty for jury, they're sitting there and they're presented with a whole bunch of evidence that this one defendant broke the law. Well, technically, yeah, they're guilty. I mean, you know they're guilty, but you still think, like, well, was it that bad? You know, do they deserve to go to jail? This is what jury nullification is. It tells you, okay, look, these are the facts. You're to judge, the government tells you you're to judge whether or not the law was broken, but in reality, that is not your only job when you're called to jury duty. Your job is to judge the law, and if you think it's a bad law, you can refuse to convict. So what we recommend is that you go, you sit on the jury, you say, okay, has this person ever hurt anybody? Um, is there any victim? Did, and then go from there. Refuse to send somebody to jail. Refuse to send somebody for life full of being uh, literally a slave, because if you're working for 12 cents an hour, and the government isn't paying you actually minimum wage, that's slave labor. Okay, when they don't let you go and they lock you in the prison all day and then you can't talk to your families, you can't read books, you know, it's wrong. We can end slavery right now by saying not guilty, period. And this doesn't, this top, this jury nullification isn't just for, you know, cannabis. You can use it for homeless crimes. You can use it for the whole drug war. But we have the power to vote not guilty on, on unjust laws. And that's why so many of our people are being incarcerated is because of unjust laws. So please vote not guilty. Um, so we just want to thank everybody again for listening. Now we've got to say some rest in pieces to some people who are, cannot be here today. Like, first of all, Eugene Fisher. Okay, Eugene Fisher was the old host of our show who spent 25 years in prison for shipping our plant. He owned a, sh a big, huge shipping business. In fact, if you smoked cannabis in the 80s, you probably got it from Eugene or some of our other lifers who are serving life for prison for cannabis. But Eugene got it to us. He served 25 years because of it in prison and was freed of his life sentence after 25 years and helped so many of these other people that he left behind. In fact, he helped me and Mindy, me and Mindy organize this radio show. So, um, And he was the other host of the show for over a year until he passed away. So rest in peace to our very, very good friend, Eugene. Next, I'm going to say rest in peace to a man that I just can't get over. It was my father, who was shackled to a bed, tormented to death, refused medical care. Because that's the thing, if you go to jail and 
you can't work, if they're making profits off of prisoners, why would they spend their money fixing prisoners that can't work for them anyway? So basically, they're just going to let you die. They're going to treat you like a dog and let you let you die in prison. They accused my father of faking faking cancer. Um, he had heart heart attacks. He had uh, lung lung issues. He had osteoporosis. He had dementia. He died with five broken bones, undiagnosed colon cancer, liver failure, kidney failure. I had to take him off life support while he's still shackled to a bed. My own father, while my mom was in prison for working for my dad's company, she didn't even get to get out to say goodbye. They were married for 36 years. So rest in peace, Dad. He and his memory will never, ever be forgotten. Also to Gene Halden, who died on Thanksgiving Day, who just got out of jail, was denied all his his, uh, what was it, his insulin for his diabetes and much, much more um, for cannabis. That You know, that's an all true, true story is our prisoners being denied their insulin. That is just not acceptable. Also to Gary Shepard and Mary Jane Jones. Gary Shepard um, died, died over 20 years ago. Um, the federal government raided um, his house, and he had a few plants grown in his backyard, and they wanted him to surrender. Well, he didn't. He wanted to protect his plants. Well, the government shot him over 20 times. They also shot his companion, Mary Jane Jones, who held their son, baby Jake, in her arms. As they both fell to the, fell to the ground, Jake was stuck in a pile of his parents' blood. While Gary died, Mary Jane lived to be another 20 years old and just recently passed away. So rest in peace to those heroes. Um, and thank you for leaving baby Jake behind and their niece, uh, Stacy Tice, who drives around a big green bus around the whole entire nation to help end prohibition. Also to Jack Hare, who wrote us a very inspirational book that will teach you why cannabis is illegal, what it can do for our country, um, how it can replace oil, um, medicine. It can build us homes. It can put, replace plastic, everything. And the Jack Hare reveals the whole entire conspiracy in her in his book called The Emperor Wears No Clothes. So please read the book. Also to Peter McWilliams, who passed away. He was on probation. He is a gay rights activist, a libertarian, and uh, activist for cannabis. And he was on probation because he grew plants for his nausea, and he wasn't able to have his medicine while he was on probation. And there is rumors that Peter choked in his own vomit and passed away that way. However, Peter did not just leave us with nothing. He left us with a whole bunch of inspirational books about how to deal with death, how to deal with happiness, everything. So please check out Peter Milk Williams' books. Also, rest in peace to Bill LaMorte. Bill LaMorte is one of our silent voices. Bill LaMorte was good friends with Eugene Fisher, um, and Bill LaMorte was serving a 20-year sentence in prison. We do not know him. We just know that after 20 years in prison of his life sentence for cannabis, he grabbed his chest and died of a major heart attack right in the prison yard. So we will never forget Bill LaMorte. Or Larry Harvey, who fought for our plant and his family out, out in, in Washington, D.C. As his whole family here in Washington was facing 60 years in prison. Larry, very sick himself, fighting for all of us. Also, we want to say rest in peace to Curtis Cecil, whose father calls in every week from the federal penitentiary, who was unable to call in this week. Uh, because he said the phones were shut off. But his, his son has died while he's been in prison. And, um, you know, nobody deserves to lose a parent or a child during incarceration. Also rest in peace to two little children, Spencer Coptis and Cashy Hyde, 
who are using the plant, their parents were using the plant to cure their brain cancer. Well, when their caregivers got raided, they didn't have the money, or not the money, but the medicine anymore because their police had it. So the two children's brain tumors grew out of control, and both these little children passed away. Rest in peace to them. Also, rest in peace to Bernardo Fuma Martinez, who was a very good friend of mine who was trying to end prohibition, not just in our nation, but across our whole entire world. And he, he passed away in the middle of, the, of his fight. Also, rest in, in peace to Elaine Sammons, who is an ONAC tribal member, um, and she was the tribe, the, the ONAP tribe was sending her medicine. The post office, in her, with the tribe, it's, it's the medicine is used as a sacrament. And it's actually a federally legal thing. So why is the post office taking the medicine? We don't know. In fact, we hope maybe we can get Joy Graves on our show soon to explain what's been going on with the situation. We haven't had an update about it. But um, Elaine Salmon's passed away in the middle of it because she didn't have access to that medicine because it was taken. And all of her disabilities just grew out of control and she short she 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 lost her life very shortly in the process also rest in peace to oscar he's eugene and george's friend when they were in prison um they say that george that oscar went to fci in the sky and please help us in the war so that all of our people can come home to their families and they don't have to die a miserable death in prison like my dad did and that they can return safely to their families um, next, I'm going to play a song. In fact, I might play a couple songs um, because we're closed early. Um, but the first song I'm going to play is called uh, No More War by Kushite Sikhsta. I really like this song because it kind of justifies the war. Just It just clearly just wants the war to end through this song. So check it out, um, No More War by Kushite Sikhsta. But they black dancers, time for people 
revolution like the Black Panthers Cause we got solutions, yup, the answer to cancer But they still got it up on Schedule 1 Why? Cause they making funds off of federal runs Selling American guns for drugs and Mexican slums The fast and the furious, killing off our children Time to make a stand and demand the masses furious They kids education is growing more Funds spent for spy killing drones While CNN and Patriot commercials breed human drones from home Recording scripted terrorist training in places you can't visit So the real plan of extinction, you don't get it The country surrounding Israel, the holy land is now being N.W.O. committed The war is still through the mind, the actions is how they get it Or should I say distract? They say it's oil, but it's deeper than that It's just more smoke to the mirror So I radiate more hope clearer Shed tears on my peers Cause judgment day gets nearer So I exercise with mightier than the sword Use the pen to paint the lines With conscious mind the world can explore So maybe you can find out why They bring us to war Some of the most powerful things Are the thoughts that it's made of men Some of the most cowardly shit That's ever known to them Respect, loyalty, honor Love has all disappeared. And they were replaced with gunshots, body bags, cannibalism amongst our peers. Did you murder our disagreements and we shake hands with our enemies? We shake hands with our enemies and murder our disagreements and put them on a pedestal with some sort of achievement. Being a man is not based on the people you shot or how good you can fight. Being a man is one who's able to feed his family when times are tight. We are in a recession, suffering with oppression, so lower your Bibles and load your weapons. How many times must we pray before we start losing our blessings? How many loved ones must we lose before we tell ourselves a lesson? Reach one, each one, teach one, empower them. Mm, I love that song. Oh my God, that song brings tears to my eyes. It gets me all pumped up. It makes me feel strong. I just love it. Okay, so the next one is a fun song. Uh, Real One sings it. Um, Real One, for those of you who do not know, is an advocate for plant prisoners. He's a rapper from California. He shows up in in a lot of different events out here on the West Coast. And he is cool. He's a hella cool. But um, this song is called It's Just a Plant. Um, and it is, it's just a plant. Check it out. And then after that, we're going to play a couple of songs from Carrie Woosley, who launched his, his record right from prison. So stay tuned. we got a couple more songs coming up. I hope you enjoy this one. Again, it's called Real One. It's Just a Plant. Smoke it up, cause herb is superb Don't run from the tears, spread the word Ask Rick Simpson, he got the answer Find out how he cured cancer Look it up on YouTube, show a friend or two It might be worth a shot to save a life or two It's amazing what a little hemp oil can do Especially when it kills what I lost my mom to And it's illegal, it saves people We don't get another chance, no sequel So why we wasting time fighting against this medicine And putting people like Eddie Lepp in federal prison 
prison. I'm on a mission with this marijuana movement to get the word out, to get the facts proven. Live strong, live strong, live long. Kick back, take a hit from your phone. I smoke so much THC, I bleed it. Can't go without Mary Jane. Damn, I need it. I love to watch it grow with the formula I feed it. Eating edibles, packing bongos, cutting up grass like Honda lawn mowers. It's just a plant, a usable herb. We need to go green, it's what the earth deserves. If we grow hemp, we can help save trees. If we grow hemp, we can save economies. If we grow hemp, we provide what we need. We need to grow hemp for humanity. You need to do your research on hemp history. 1942, hemp for victory. The Street Jack book page for page. The information you get, you'll be amazed. Cannabis. He called into our show. 
about six months ago or so uh, from prison. He launched a record while he was in prison. Uh, these are two of the songs, These Walls Around Me and uh, Freedom. And it's just, just kind of about uh, prison. And so anyway, check it out, Carrie Lee Woosley. He'll be out, I think, within the year. So we're really excited about that. But here's, here's uh, the first one, These Walls Around Me. I've got these walls around me, so tell me how you found me. Thought I'd never see your face again. And am I just dreaming, or maybe just a feeling? For someone to call a friend. I feel a million miles away from this life of mine. Punishments from things done wrong make you do sometimes. You do what you do, thinking what you do will pass somehow. Baby, look at me now. I've got these walls around me, so tell me how you found me. Thought I'd never see your face again. And am I just dreaming? Or maybe just a feeling? It's someone to call a friend. Trust me, I am lonely. My privacy is phony. I'm just waiting to feel free. I haven't begun yet to see my first sunset. When I do, can you come with me? Can you come with me? So please don't forget my smiling face and all the good I've done. For this crazy place I'd be there for you No matter what you do No matter who you know Baby, what did you do? I've got these walls around me So tell me how you found me Thought I'd never see your face again And am I just dreaming Or maybe just a feeling With someone to call a friend Trust me, I am lonely, my privacy is phony I'm just waiting to feel free I haven't begun yet to see my first sunset When I do, can you come with me? Face again. 
sorry, you guys, that was... Oh, Carrie Lee Weasley, These Walls Around Me. Next, I'm going to play Carrie Lee Weasley, Freedom. But first, I just want to send a shout-out, say hi to Tony, um, who's listening. She's she's a good friend of mine and of our prisoners up here in the Northwest. Thank you, Tony. Um, this next song is about freedom, and I feel like, in a way, we're all fighting for freedom on so many different levels, especially even in our personal lives. So um, maybe the strength from Carrie Lee Woosley can help guide us um, past the torment that we're that we sometimes can be in because we think about our situations and then here's this guy Carrie Lee Woosley singing about not taking a deal and you know he sounds so proud of it because he stood up for what he believed in and because he stood up for what he believed in he had to go to prison for 14 years or 13 years I mean that's just that's crazy like we take these make these sacrifices to to keep ourselves from feeling guilty forever and to do the right thing. And it ends up putting, putting you in jail. Like it's just wrong. But here's Carrie Lee Woosley freedom. And this is going to be probably the last song. I might play one more, but I doubt it, but here we go. Check it out. My freedom, well, it leaves me today These last few months went warp speed, I must say If you were smart, you'd leave me and walk away Oh, babe So now I sit here and I pray Got your freedom and a heart that is filled for me, and I will not let them take it away. While you say we don't need it, well, that's easy for them to say. Well, hold me tight, don't let them put me away. Freedom, babe. I told I'd be free and walk away. I lost my freedom, babe. Well, you got your freedom and a heart that is filled for me. And I will not let them take it away. While you say we don't need it. Well, that's easy for them to Won't hold me tight, don't let them put me away Freedom, babe Well, you got your freedom And a heart that 
too much fun being a DJ and I see that I do still have listeners because Tom's still listening so instead of playing another song I'm just going to quickly play I've gone down our audio clips and I got a couple audio clips here of Eugene that we played at his memorial and I just thought I'd throw his voice up in here to help end the show out so there's three of them I'm going to play them back to back real quick rest in peace Eugene Fisher the first one is Eugene and Randy Randy Lanier who was his business partner went to prison with him, and even got out. Eugene even helped him free himself after 27 years Randy was in and 25 years Eugene was in. Here's one of them. George, uh, I want to just express this to the listeners. The uh, raw emotions of a mother and son or mother and daughter and what happens when you're incarcerated. I, I... as you know, George, I would speak to my mother every day I could, every day we can get to the phones for just right. a minute or two, just to hear her voice and her, having her hear my voice. Right. And when she was dying, you were with me, George, when she was dying. Yeah, I remember, yeah. And I couldn't get to her, and she just kept saying, and she called me Jeannie because, uh, you know, others call their right. kids, even right. if they're grown men by the diminutive and I just uh, to me right now it's so such a major thing to have George and his mother reunited I, I couldn't be happier yeah. it's, it's, it's a uh, pleasure Mimi, we're up she's like uh, she's my mom she's my buddy and uh, and I uh, you know I take her out and we, we only have dinners lined up all week to next weekend and homes and this and that. So it's just, uh, it's just you know, you just uh, you, you know, you learn, you learn from. Uh, I don't know what it is. You know, when you you put in darkness, which I was put in, I put, I helped put myself in that darkness. Let's be, I was uh, let's be real, real about it. I helped put myself in that darkness, and then uh, and uh, you start looking for the light. When you're in the darkness, you look for the light, and believe me, a lot of lights are clipped off. And uh, but your mom's light, there's always that light in that window. Oh, that was Eugene and George, not Eugene and Randy. That was special, so special. I man, I missed that voice. Um, next, this is uh, Eugene and Randy. When you were smuggling it into the country, were either one of you guys nervous or scared that you're going to get caught? Oh hell yeah! <laughs> 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 Randy will say this. Uh, Randy, don't you think the level of apprehension is as great as anything that you might experience in life? Yeah, it's, uh, it gets your adrenaline flowing, that's for sure. We've had some uh, some great moments, Gene, <laughs> and uh, exciting moments, anxious moments, nervous moments, and scary moments. So it was all good. 
That was uh, Eugene or Mandy. <laughs> yeah, it was my favorite question to ever ask anybody in my world is <laughs> that question right there. Uh, that just brings a big smile on my face to hear them talk about that. But you know what? I'm not trying to be sad or nothing. I just miss his voice, and it's, I think it's cool to hear it, hear it again. Um, this one is uh, me and Eugene, I guess, talking about George. Let's see what this one says. Our next guest is George Monterano, but George has not called in yet this morning. Um, Eugene said that earlier that he was riding horses this morning. Yeah, that's what he told me. He'd be right. He'd be calling from from the horse he was riding. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to bringing him on, Christian, because he's doing so many things out there in Philadelphia. One of the things he's doing. The schools, local schools, are using George to help uh, bring uh, kids and fourth graders back and forth to school. You know, and here's a man, here's a man Christian. Here's a man. I, 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 George is my my brother. He's a close friend, so close. And I tell you, I know the man intimately. And he, there's not a violent bone in his body. And apparently, here's a man. That, they they put away in prison for 33 years, and he gets out, and he's safe enough that the local school system is using him for kids. Wow. Yeah, he's he's very impressive because for 33 years he was in prison. He wrote books and poems and was a real inspiration to the other people in um, prison. And you know, I and I know it's it's kind of tough to say this, but sometimes I think that like your sentence and George's sentence and the sense of those people that help others behind bars is maybe meant to be not because of you guys did something bad, but because that other people need your guidance. What does um, George call it? The fourth world or the third world? Yes. He calls it the, the fourth world. world. Beyond the third <laughs> world. Yeah. You know, Chris, you raise an interesting point. Even in the worst situations that you're in, you must look for the good and you must as as productive as you can be in even you know uh, uh, people like George and myself would teach extensively many classes and things mentor kids uh, younger uh, people and so on and uh, you know even even on, on our release our release if you notice all the all the people were involved were involved with our movement who have been incarcerated are are avid advocates for changing the system. They work at trying to help uh, help individuals. But of course, even more than that, Christian, I gotta uh, I, I gotta say this: that the, the advocates like yourself and Mindy and others who haven't done any prison time are wonderful people just because they're trying to help uh, people incarcerated for for marijuana. I think that's that in itself is a miracle. Oh, I have to say today is Sunday. Rest in peace, Eugene Fisher. I love you and I miss that man so much. Um, so I see Tom, you're still listening. Uh, thank you. I love you too, Tom. Um, thanks for calling in every week. And for all of our other listeners who might be hanging on, I love you all, and we all love you guys, and I hope you all have a wonderful Sunday. Thank you for listening to the Voices of the Cannabis War. <laughs>